Good morning. So over the course of the retreat, we have been unfolding the instructions for the establishment of mindfulness. We started with the body and the breath, and we've expanded the field of awareness to um, uh, emotions and to thought. And as we've all been saying, the, uh, even though the instructions appear to be linear, as if we'd move from body to first be aware of body and breath and then, first, and then aware of emotions and thoughts, um, we've also been emphasizing that even though it's taught that way, that that's not how, that doesn't match our experience, that our experience can be um, sitting and being with the breath and a thought arises or a sound arises or um, any other, ex- or a sensation in the body might arise, that all of these experiences are coming and going. And we've given you uh, ways of working with um, using the breath as a way of gathering the, uh, the energy of the mind, paying attention to one point in the breath so that the energy of the mind becomes somewhat focused and concentrated. And that from that place of uh, focus and gathered energy, it's possible then to open the awareness when other predominant experiences arise and to use foreground and background so that if experiences arise that are not predominant, we can allow them to just come and go and yet keep the attention on the central point, on the breath. So that all of these experiences, thoughts, emotions, etc., sensations in the body, can be embraced and included in our mindfulness as they appear, and that we are um, with them as they appear, and also noticing the fact that they not just they don't, don't just arise, but that they also disappear in time. And we know that because we know that experience, experiences that we had yesterday or five minutes ago are not still here, so that they're clearly coming and going. So today, we'll be broadening the ambit of our, uh, the establishment of mindfulness to uh, what we call Vedana, translated usually as feelings. But I like to use the word Vedana, and many, many of us prefer to use the word Vedana, because there's a distinction between um, feelings the way we usually use the word feelings in English to describe emotions, anger, joy, depression, uh, elation, uh, all of those emotions are not what we're referring to when we talk about this kind of feeling. What's being described is the, um, when we talk about Vedana or feelings in this way, is an experience that co-arises with each of our experiences. And that experience is that of uh, feeling an experience to be pleasant, 
unpleasant or neither pleasant nor unpleasant, and what we call neutral. And so if we have a sensation in the body, for instance, a pain in the knee is how we would conceptualize it, <clears throat> we, might ex- we experience that probably as unpleasant. Most of us would, many of us would. And if we uh, taste something that um, we, we like, uh, maybe for some of us it's chocolate ice cream, then we experience that as pleasant. Or we taste something we don't like. For instance, okra is one of my least favorite foods. I experience that as definitely unpleasant. And there are a lot of experiences um, that are also that are neither pleasant nor unpleasant, which we describe as uh, neutral. And the the instructions of working with feelings or vedana is to to notice when. Uh, experiences arise in the body or in the mind or in the emotions to notice the the pleasantness, the unpleasantness, or the neutrality. And we do that because usually what comes very quickly after the co-arising of Vedana with with our experiences is, um, I don't, I like, if it's pleasant, I like it, I want it to stay, I don't want it ever to go. And if it's unpleasant, we, we, we experience it as unpleasant, we quickly, uh, quickly after that experience of unpleasantness, we think, I hate this, I don't want it, it's not good, something's wrong, I want it to go away, I want it to leave forever. We banish it, we send it to Elba, right? We want it erased and out of our experience. And if it's neutral, we tend to uh, ignore it. And yet, much of our lives is spent in the neutral zone. <clears throat> so this experience of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, and the um, ensuing uh, reaction of liking what's pleasant, hating what's unpleasant, or ignoring what's neutral, is what is invited to um, uh, help us establish mindfulness. And now, I know when I first received these teachings, I said, well, it seems very natural to me that I'd like what's pleasant and hate what's unpleasant and not really particularly care about what's neutral because there's no hit with neutral, right? Nothing happens. It seems boring and um, neutral. (laughs) So... uh, what, what is helpful <clears throat> by establishing mindfulness of these experiences of Vedana is that if we are mindful of it, we are not in struggle with experience. Because the, the effort to hold on to what is pleasant is a struggle. And you may have noticed that it's futile, because in fact, everything is impermanent. 
nothing stays the same. If you've had a really great meditation experience, you, have you noticed that when you come and sit back and sit in the hole the next time you think, oh great, right? Experience was really fabulous the last time. It was so pleasant. It's going to be pleasant again, right? And so I, I know, you know, in the early stages of my practice, you know, I'd really try to notice exactly how I was sitting, <laughs> right? You know, the left foot was on top of the right knee, and, you know, I was just so on my cushion, and, you know, and then, you know, which part of the breath did I watch, and all of that. And every single time I noticed that the very effort to try to make it come back was the very thing that prevented it from doing so. So, you know, after many years, (laughs) I stopped doing that. (laughs) Takes, I'm I'm a slow learner. And, uh, and, to be in struggle with what is unpleasant, trying to not make it come, or as soon as it arrives to make it go away, also is a struggle, and it's also futile. Because you may have noticed that our experience, our life experience, consists of all of these, right? They're all coming and going. And so our puny attempts to make life just so are really are useless. So what's the alternative? And and keeps us in such struggle that the very thing that we want, which is peace, eludes us, escapes us. It's impossible for us if we're constantly trying to make experience match our expectations or our idea of how it should be. We are missing how it actually is. And when we're missing how it actually is because we're in struggle with what, is, with what is happening, it's impossible for the heart and mind to settle down, and it's impossible for the heart and mind to really understand things as they are, to see clearly. So our work with Vedana is to see if we can actually be so mindful of our experience, that we're also mindful of the, uh, the quality of, uh, of the experience in, in terms of its pleasantness, unpleasantness, or neutrality, and simply rest with that. And through that, be able to wisely discern the nature of our experience. Because if we're not in struggle with it, it's possible then to see how things are. And when we are able to see how things are, our, our response to how, to how it is, is appropriate. If we're responding based on our uh, wanting more pleasant and hating what's unpleasant and ignoring what is neutral, then our, we, it, our, our ability to wisely discern what is really true is um, significantly lessened. So, so the invitation is to um, not just see your, what's happening, 
but all in terms of the, the gross experience, but to refine your mindfulness to a level of subtlety that also begins to take in and uh, consciously admit the pleasantness, the unpleasantness, or the neutrality of the experience while you are noticing the experience itself. So let's sit together. And I'll just give you a few um, hints about how to uh, work with it. So settle into your uh, posture, dignified, noble, alert, and relaxed. And take, take a couple of deep breaths just to settle in and then allow the breath to settle naturally into its, uh, its natural flow. It's normal, ever-changing flow. And with a quality of spacious awareness, allow the um, attention to rest on the touch sensation of the breath flowing in at the tip of the nostrils and out, or at the chest of the, or, or at the chest or belly, rising and falling. And see where the sensations are predominant for you. By now, you've probably. Um, become familiar with that. So allow the attention to rest at that place. And so using the breath as your primary object of attention. And if a sensation or other experience in the body is strong enough to pull your attention away from the breath, then allow your awareness to rest in that sensation. And again, we're not going out and trying to look for experiences, but just seeing when they arise. So if there's nothing particular happening right now, just stay with the attention resting in the movement and sensations of breath. And then when some predominant experience comes comes in, it could be a sound, it could be a sensation in the body, (coughs) even a thought in the mind or an emotion. When that experience pulls the attention and you notice it and you're um, your attention is resting in that new experience, that new predominant experience. Notice whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. 
and spend some time being aware of these qualities in your experiences. And also note the reaction to them. So whether it's grasping and clinging to pleasant or pushing away and hating unpleasant. And as you meditate on a feeling tone, a Vedana, notice whether it lasts for a long time or whether it comes into um, awareness, is present, and then disappears. If you get lost in thought when you notice it, Appreciate that moment of noticing, waking up, being mindful, and then gently return your attention to the breath and continue to follow it. And if all of these instructions feel confusing or you feel like, oh, I don't know what I should do or where I should put my attention or what's happening, just allow the attention to come back to the breath. You don't have to notice all experiences, but just what really pulls the attention so that you're not, the mind, the attention isn't jumping around, but is actually just being with the breath until something predominant arises and pulls it. And just as Bhante was saying last night, it's possible to simply note pleasant, pleasant, with a gentle noting, or unpleasant, unpleasant, unpleasant. Watching the journey, the arc of the journey of each of these experiences.
So we have time for a couple of questions, and I have a few announcements after that. Yes, please. Perfect. <laughs> so what you're pointing to, I think, is, is how quickly it moves, right? That, you know, and, and also, you are also pointing to something else. So you're sitting and, you know, so you hear the sound of the bell. So it's, it's just hearing, right? It's just the contact of the, the sound with our ears. And each one of us is having a different Vedana, or you know, many of us are having many different um, experiences of Vedana arising. So if you're having a beautiful, calm, peaceful, wonderful you know, sitting, and you hear the bell, what can co-arise with that is it's unpleasant, right? And yet, if you're sitting there saying, ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell, <laughs> you know, and the bell finally rings, it's very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and how you know so so it so the pleasant unpleasant or neutral is not in the sound of the bell but actually in our perception of what's of what's happening yeah beautiful thank you Keisha I just noticed um, focusing on my breath is such a neutral experience for me I love to breathe. <laughs> me right. I love breathing. I hope so. <laughs> and I know how precious it is when I can't. I mean, I, I just have an experience yesterday. But so I'm focusing on my breath. I'm like, okay, so what's neutral? What's neutral going on? I'm like, oh my God, it's the breathing. It's focusing on the breathing. It's so neutral for me. Like, I'm not necessarily bored. I'm indifferent. So then what happens is my knee starts to hurt. And then everything is on that knee. And I'm like, well, if I don't move, I, I say to myself, I should want to sit like this for, for the rest of my life. This should be my experience. And it's pain, and I'm going to work through it. Obviously, I'm not working through it, because then my whole leg is about to fall off. That's what it feels like. And I create this story. And I'm like, well, if I had a watch, then I can look at my watch and say, well, the bell's going to ring for 10 minutes. I can hold out. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't I go buy a watch from Walmart? Like, I always come here without a watch. And I'm like, is she going to ring a bell? Is she ring a, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping for the bell. And I'm like, I just I wish I knew the time. Then I move it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm comfortable. Then you ring the bell. And I'm like, ah, I could have lasted another 10 minutes. So... Realizing that my breath is neutral because I'm not getting pleasure or pain from it, and then these other body sensations, and then this whole story, and then I forget about the breath, and then I come back to the breath, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 the breath again. 
it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> so, so do you have a question? Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> So let me see if I can uh, summarize that. Um, so what Keisha is saying is that she realizes that the breath is neutral and that in some ways there's, it's, it's a kind of boring experience for you, right? Am I, don't stop me if I say anything that's misrepresenting what you're saying. And, um, and then in this, in this kind of neutral zone, she then notices that you know, the knee starts to hurt and... Um, she has a, then has a debate with herself about, you know, and it's unpleasant, so she has a debate a bit with herself about whether she should move the knee or she should, you know. But then if she had a clock or a watch, then she'd know that it was 10 minutes more and she could really hold out for 10 minutes, but she didn't have a watch, so she goes on to thinking about, you know, she should have bought a watch and maybe she, you know, she should have gone to Walmart and gotten a watch. And if she had a watch and she knew how much time it was, you know, then she'd know how, you know, how to whether or not she could hold out for the 10 minutes, and then I ring the bell, and you know, then she moves, because you know, she thinks her leg's gonna fall off, and then I ring the bell, and then she thinks, oh, I could have waited for 10 more minutes, right? <laughs> so that's a beautiful um, description of, and then, so when I asked her what the question was, she said, what am I doing? <laughs> so uh, w- what you're doing is papancha, um, which I think, uh, uh, Bhante referred to a few days ago um, this this tendency of the mind to proliferate, right? So, you know, and I think Sharon also mentioned it that, you know, so so what happens is there's a twinge in the knee, right? Just a little burning or stabbing or pricking, and you know, a whole. Um, a whole conversation is born from it, you know, oh, you know, I, maybe I should move, maybe I shouldn't move. If I don't move, then, you know, the, my leg's going to fall off, and what would happen? I'd probably be very embarrassed, because then they're going to have to come and get me, and they're going to have to call EMS, and, you know, why do, why do I do this? I should have taken some yoga classes. Maybe if I should have taken some yoga. Why don't they have yoga here? What's wrong with it? They've always had yoga before, you know. Oh, you know what? You know, don't they know that this, you know, that you need to do, you know, and... and you know, all that happened was this unpleasant prick in the knee. That's all that happened. And look at how the mind just takes it and runs with it. What would happen to just notice burning, stabbing, pressure, heat, heaviness, unpleasant? What would happen if we just did that? And then... and unpleasant is like this. One of my teachers, Ajahn Sumedho, has, the way he notes is he says, unpleasant is like this. Right? And what would happen if we could just notice that this is happening, where there's a burning in the knee, it's, it's unpleasant, and to take an interest in what it's like to, to uh, experience unpleasant. Because there will come a time in your life where you won't be able to move the knee for whatever reason, whether you're too ill or you're dying. Or... So how do, you, how do you bear with it? How do you... Because these experiences are coming and going in our lives all the time. And what you're pointing to, Keisha, is that it is impermanent, that there is a place at, at which um, 
the mind doesn't have to get so impatient with it or think it needs to fix it or it needs to do something about it because quickly following that unpleasant experience is going to be another unpleasant experience. So we're always in struggle if we're not noticing how things are right now. Right now. So, and, and it's a habit. And so we don't blame ourselves for doing it. We don't think, oh, I'm a bad meditator, I'm a bad person, I'm, that, you know, that, I'm, I'm, that I move before, you know, when it was just 10 minutes left. But just to notice the habit, that impulse to do something, that rather than to be here with the experience and notice what it's like, that it is coming and going. You know, that stabbing in the knee is not a solid experience. It's an experience that's moving and shifting and changing. And now it's stabbing, now it's burning, now it's this, now it's pricking, now it's, you know, uh, heat or heaviness or some or other experiences. And if we pay attention to it, we we begin to get into the flow of our experience rather than constantly trying to push it around and make it something other than what it is. How successful have we been (laughs) at trying to make our experience other than what it is? And yet we keep trying. It's kind of sad. Yes, please. So what um, Karen is saying is that the sound of the bell is very pleasant to her and she, she has this need for it to, a cognitive need to understand why. Um, she likes the sound of the bell. Is it the tone? Is it, you know, what is it about the bell? What do you think? Right. So, so chanting and the bell and the meditation all creates that same sound, and it's supposed to be pleasant. So that's a good theory. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would it be like to simply be in the experience of the pleasantness of the bell? So I'll ring it for you. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just notice pleasant. Was that experience any different? Were you able to do it, first of all? I felt it this You felt it. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Mm-hmm. Felt vulnerable. And how was that? New. And how was that? And is that is that pleasant, unpleasant, pleasant. or neutral? Beautiful. So she so she wants me to keep ringing the bell. So notice that it's okay. It's okay that you want me to keep ringing the bell, 
But notice, stay with the experience. First of the pleasure, of, of the hearing. So you notice that it's your hearing. And then notice, oh, oh, so you notice the feeling. Oh, this is really, this is very pleasant. Pleasant is like this. And what you said is you felt it. And then there was a vulnerability to it. You know, it's our vulnerability that creates connection. If we're, if we're closed, if, we, if we're constantly protecting ourselves from our experience, it's hard, it's impossible to connect. So that, uh, that willingness to be vulnerable is really the basis of our ability to connect, to experience, to others, to ourselves. So in, in your willingness to feel it and to actually experience that vulnerability, you're establishing a basis for connection. Tim. I was wondering if this is a good practice for letting go. Um, For example, I was sitting and then I felt something unpleasant. And then I heard something unpleasant, and then I thought something unpleasant, and then I realized I was riding away on unpleasantness from that one unpleasant experience. And then I had an unpleasant thought and realized and labeled it unpleasant. And I was living in the past, and then I realized to let it go. Hmm. So you, you realize that you were having an unpleasant, a, 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 a constellation of unpleasant experiences. And then you realize that you were living in the past with those experiences. And then you had the experience of wanting to let it go. So your question is whether it's a basis for letting go. Right. And also, I realize I could choose not to have a bad day if I want by not riding that wave of unpleasant thoughts. Instead of... Everything being unpleasant, I say, okay. Maybe I could turn my attention to something. Or maybe there's another way of simply allowing what's arising to arise rather than trying to control what's arising. Because, because we, you know, most of the time it's impossible to control what's arising. What's possible to work with is our relationship to what is arising, right? So if, what, so if we transform our relationship into one of understanding rather than one of struggle and control, the letting go happens naturally. So, thank you. So I'm sorry, there, I, we have to stop uh, because I have a few announcements and we have meetings this morning. So um, a few things. Um, there's a new schedule today. Uh, so please be sure to check the board because we've slightly changed the schedule in the afternoon because there will be um, some uh, instructions from the managers which you're all asked to please attend because you'll have you'll get important information about closing the retreat tomorrow and uh, and leaving uh, so as a result of that Bante will be meeting with the eight preset people at five o'clock when tea time is is on rather than at 430 and um, there are, uh, and we're, a few of you have asked questions about bowing, the, the bowing that we do, and whether there's a way, whether there are um, 
instructions for bowing and what the reasons for bowing are, and we've not been able to um, address that during for, for these last few days. So those of you who are interested, I will meet with you today at 2.45 here. Um, a couple of things about our community and everyone contributing uh, to the safety of the container and the health and the well-being of everyone out of our uh, kindness. Um, if you would really please, please, I know we keep saying it, please refrain from using scented products. It really is harmful to several people who are here. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real physical um, condition for people. And so your, your awareness and your kindness and your compassion is asked for. Um, we have uh, so, uh, apparently some of you are using cell phones in your rooms and you should know that the walls are very thin and that you really disturb other people when you do that. So if for some reason you feel you must, must, must communicate on your phone, please don't do it in your rooms. Please go outside of the, any of the buildings. There was a scream last night in, uh, that a few people heard. And just to know that, I, I, just to know that sometimes we're working through things here because things come up in a retreat and people may have nightmares and so this may happen. If you're the person who screamed and you actually know that you did and you want to talk to any of the teachers about it, we're of course very much available to you and would be happy to speak to you. But apparently things are fine because we, we haven't heard any more. Um, the, we have the last um, group of, meet, of individual meetings today and the, the, the times are not the usual times, so please be sure to check the board if you're, in the, if, if you're in the last group. In other words, if you didn't have an individual meeting yesterday, you should have one today. And please check the board to make sure that you know the time, because we posted some times and then a couple of things had to be changed to accommodate a couple of people's schedules. So before you come to your meeting, please check and make sure that the time is right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.